Joe presents Swanee's Cricket Show, together with Rubicon. It's all over. Australia have retained the ashes. The first time on these shores since 2001. Swanee, you've come all the way back for the Caribbean for this. Oh, not happening. <laughs> oh, shit, the bed hurt. <laughs> Come on, boys. Did that a bit oh, hard, to be honest. Disappointing. What, what? Yeah, you whacked that well hard, <laughs> yeah. didn't you? A gag's a gag until it goes wrong. <laughs> right, uh, welcome to Swanee's Cricket Show here on Joe, together with Rubicon. Um, I'm Nick Bright, he's Graham Swan, of course. Oh, yeah. uh, there's a small bit of clapping there from Rocket in the background. Rocket's but... back. <laughs> Thomas Cook's back from holiday. <laughs> right, coming up on the show, we're going to be joined by former England opener Mark Butcher and Radio 2 presenter and all-round broadcasting legend Trevor Nelson oh. will be with us. But Swanee... Can I just say... Before that, they're the coolest two guests by miles. Yeah. I mean, the smoothest show we've had. It is very smooth, but I mean, I feel sorry for everyone else we've had. No, 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 but they, they'll realise <laughs> no one's going to put themselves in a room next to Trevor Nelson and say I'm cooler than him. Are fair, they? fair point. We need to get some thoughts on you, though, because you've been away. You've been in the, in the yeah. Caribbean, so we've hardly spoke about the It actions. was hard. Someone had to do that, you know. Someone had to go and work. <laughs> Swanee, why have England come up short? They're just, they're just going in the runs, to be honest. If you look at Australia, they can't either, apart from Steve Smith. That one man has made a huge difference. The bowlers, I, mm. bowlers have been brilliant. But Stuart Broad, Stuart Broad, you're my hero, you know that. But um, he's been sensational. Joffre Archer's Joffre Archer. I think Jack Leach has done well on his bowl. But we just can't get a big enough total. How much will it hurt to lose at home as well? Because, like, as we said in the top of the show, 2001 was the last time this happened. Yeah. I, I feared it could happen if Jimmy didn't play. And my fears have been realised. I think if he had... Um, just because of how he gets Steve Smith out when it swings, um, I think England would have won. So I'm not blaming everything on Jimmy, <laughs> but uh, it's just it's very disappointing because you you, always, you know going to Australia is bloody hard to win over yeah. there. Um, takes an incredible team to do that. Uh, <laughs> David Brent. Um, but you know, so it's going to be really hard to win it back. And, and if they get in a rut of losing at home again, it'll be like the nineties all over again. Well, that was going to be a question later on. I was going to ask you how key um, the loss of James Anderson has been for this for this series. And I think we've seen it now. Everyone said it when yeah. it happened, but but it's not just this series. I mean, for England as yeah. a whole, when Jimmy goes, he's a once in a lifetime medium pace swinger. Mm. <laughs> um, but he's, he's that good. Many. But he is he is that good that it's always going to be difficult to replace him. You don't want to have to replace him. During an Ashes series, how do England pick up the pieces from here? Sack a lot of them. <laughs> I don't, no, no, the, the batsmen, the, the top order batsmen, have got to work out how to play Test cricket, work out how to defend, how to bat for a day and a half. Well, it's been shown how to do it. Our guys doing it, have done it against them all summer. Well, Confident. speaking of working things out, then, and this has been a topic of debate that I, you know I've seen on the internet and on Twitter and all the rest of it. Do you think Joe Root is still the man to lead the side? Um, I never wanted Rooty as captain anyway. I think he was a better player when he was the annoying little shit of a brother type character <laughs> in a changing room. He knows this. He was when he first started playing, always a laugh, a joker, would take that into his batting. I think when he tries to be serious and a leader, I, I think it takes something away from him. And I want to see him scoring massive runs again. I think the burden of captaincy isn't something he needs. But he was probably the the, the roundest peg for that hole at the time. We haven't got a natural captain. Who's the best player? Make him captain. So, should he stand down, though? Um, that would be a knee-jerk reaction, but I'd rather Joe Root scores averages 100 every series. But Runs. Who's going to do it otherwise? That, that he's was... not a bad captain. I'm not saying he's a bad captain. He's not. But surely you want your, your best batsman to be scoring runs like Steve Smith. Yeah, well, Steve Smith is where I was going next. England had no answer for him throughout this whole no. series. I mean, how 
it's an impossible question, I guess, but how would you handle him? Well, he's a, he's a world-class player. I just think, I've said it all along, that teams, the best thing Steve Smith's done is convince people that you don't bowl the top of off stump to him. And go to plan B, plan C so quickly. Yes, he'll score freely, and he'll, you know, he'll be, he's a good player. But you'd rather him average 50. If you stay on the top of off stump, do a little bit of movement, the odd one nip back in, you'll get anyone out. If you're bowling middle and leg and you're trying this and that, and he's good enough to always hit it, he's, that's the best thing he's done. I mean, it seems like we didn't have any answer for him apart from the man we were just talking about, Joe Root. He seemed to be the person who had the... He was the kryptonite to Steve Smith, basically. Yeah. Well, you should have opened the bottom with Joe Root. <laughs> no, I mean... look, you've got to take your hat off to Steve Smith. He has been the difference between the two teams and, you know, he's come back stronger than he ever was, so... Well, as a bowler, then, here's one for you, and I'm interested yeah. about this. As a bowler... Would it have wound you up the way Steve Smith kind of behaves when he leaves a div- delivery? He's got all these kind of weird, you know, things that he does. Would it piss you off? No, I think you'd be getting pissed off by that. You're watching the wrong thing, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Once you buy the ball, you're focused on getting someone out. Yeah. If, you, if the peripherals of what he's doing are pissing you off, then um, you need to go to mental college. Well, you need to go to see the psych. The reason I ask you that, though, is because, you know, obviously if you're getting slapped all over the ground, that's going to piss you off more. But it, it, it's, it's more of a case of these fine margins and the mental side of cricket that I want to get into just yeah. because there's, there's all little things that happen, you know, all the sledging in that. That's all part of getting in someone's head and affecting how they... But I've, you know, I've told you back. that the sledging doesn't happen on the field. I've said that all along. You, you don't get like, clever witticism and everything getting under your skin. You get called an arsehole. It's not... If, you, if you're getting bothered by stuff like that, you're really in the wrong game. Because, okay. you know, if you play league cricket on a Saturday, my God... You need bulletproof skin for that because you get called everything. I've never heard language like it. That was the under 11s. <laughs> was, was there ever a particular batsman that was your Steve Smith? Uh, as in, you know, you, you really yeah. struggled to get him out. Jack Callis. Really? I got him out once in Durban. I was more surprised than he was. Caught a slip from around the wicket. We both looked at each other for a second. Went, oh, I know what I did. <laughs> and it, it, we walked out. I think it was lunch and we followed each other off. I, I, it was, we were looking at each other in bewilderment. He was brilliant, Jack Callis. What, what was it about him that, you know, you struggled with so much? I just couldn't get him out. He was just a very good player. Brilliant at getting the offside and just nerdling it for one. He wasn't very aggressive when he played you, but just brilliant. Should very phlegmatic, get... very... Should, should, should we get our first guest on? Please do, because I'm fed up talking about England. All right, all right. Well, we're going to probably talk about yeah. England a bit more with our guest. <laughs> Sorry to break that to you. But uh, let's bring on our first guest then. He made his uh, debut in an Ashes series in 1997 and made 71 test appearances uh, for England, which is incredible. Please welcome Mark Butcher. Oh, Come on. Come on. Yes. Here he is. Welcome home. Good to see you, How mate. You How you Take a seat. Yeah. Oh. 71. It is incredible, really. Yeah. Uh, how did I manage... I mean, play that many. <laughs> how many do you play? Do you remember? 61. Okay, did you really? Yeah. I don't know whether to believe you. Oh, it might have been 60. I'm entirely sure. Someone, someone check it because I, <laughs> I never believe Swanee. He loves to catch me out. Uh, it's not right. the normal thing you make up. I mean, it's a bit easy. I'm not Donald Trump. I can't just say things and people will back me up. I don't know. I think I remember. I think I remember on last week's show uh, you had um, you know legendary legendary cricket players calling yeah. you the best cricket yeah. player in the world. Yeah. So yeah, we missed out the clip of me Chinese burning them all to get yeah. him to say it. Yeah. Sure, right. Yeah. S- 60 tests. I'm being told. 60. Yeah. I gave myself one more. Okay. All right. We'll give you that. You should have had one more. Should have. <laughs> Wish I could have. <laughs> right, the Ashes played a prominent role in your uh, England career, Mark. Mm. Um, talk me through why the Ashes to you were so important. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of... It's, it's the one series 
in this country, I suppose, where everybody suddenly decides they like cricket. That's the one where it becomes an important game. It's like the Grand National in horse racing, isn't it? Everyone's an expert. Yeah, yeah, you're an expert when the Ashes comes around. So, um, you know, I I guess when when I was a kid... My old man played for, for Surrey, so I was kind of around cricket all my life, really. Um, but, the, but the West Indies were the side in the sort of 70s and the early 80s. Mm. And we would win the Ashes as a matter of course um, through the sort of like the early part of my lifetime. So, the, so that series wasn't as big as perhaps England playing the West Indies was in the, when I was growing up. It then started to become more so when I became a, became a pro at Surrey at the age of 17, 18 and um, you had the series where Steve Waugh scored 500s in the series. And, yeah, that's yeah. right, in 89, when the worm turned and suddenly Australia started to, to, to win every, every series again. And then all of a sudden it was kind of like, wow, this is, this is pretty serious stuff. So by the time I made my debut in, what, 97, as you, as you rightly said, um, you know, it was, it was a big deal, but we had no, literally no idea how to beat the team that we were yeah. playing against, you know. And so to make my... It makes me chuckle, actually, because nowadays people are sort of looking for reasons not to pick young, young batters who are scoring runs. Oh, you can't pick them for this series because they're quite good. You can't. I'm like, well, you know, I made my debut in an Ashes series. Yeah. Went out, opened the batting, you know. Um, that's your job. That's what yeah. you get picked to do. If you're good enough to play, you play against then you play against yeah. the yeah. yeah, you play against the best side. So the, the first Test match... Um, Edgbaston, we bowled Australia out for 110 just after lunch. Thorpe and Hussain put on 350. Nasser got, got a double 100, didn't wow. they? Nasser got a double 100. We won the, t- won the test. Um, so my first brilliant, absolutely incredible atmosphere. We're on the front page of the front page of all the newspapers the next day, and I'm thinking this is just, this is an absolute doddle. Um, and then we lost the series, and then lost the next, one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. It never got any better than that, actually. Well, Do you remember it? when you said about the West Indies? I mean, mm. I grew up. I was born in 79, so the West Indies were... That, I thought mm, that was superhuman. Team, yeah. When mm. you used to watch on telly, there was genuine fear. Like, these monsters of cricket, yeah. we're never, ever going to beat them. You're right, Australia were like, well... you know, But, yeah, we do. We beat them in 85, beat them in 87. Hey, so it was, it was easy, no problem. And, well, and, yeah. But, you know, both of them's Ashes in this... You know, yeah. So, I suppose the first Ashes series that I can recall, maybe, was the... Might have been the, the centenary one, so 1977. Um, Derek Randall got 100, I think. I think I'm, I'm, my, my history's not... Absolutely razor sharp on it, but it is what you know, we edit it. Right. <laughs> so, so you know, for, for for most of that that period of time up until '89, we we basically beaten Australia. Um, my, you know, I wasn't around. I wasn't sort of conscious enough of the whole thing to catch sort of Lillian Thompson before they both went crook. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, the Ashes is and always will be for an Englishman and Australian the sort of like the epitome of the, of the sport between the two countries, and uh, and long may that continue to be so. Whether there are um, World Test Championship points on it or not. I, I, I wanted to talk <laughs> about your 173 in 2001 yeah. because it came against an Australia attack that was featuring McGrath, uh, yeah, they Gillespie. They had a couple of, couple of thousand Test wickets between the lot. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an incredible... Uh, Shane Warne, uh, mm. Brett Lee. Does that, did that make it all the, the, bit, the sweeter that you managed to get such a great score against um, amazing bowlers like that? Well, yeah, I mean, clearly, in, in retrospect, it's, it's, it's even better. You know, yeah. at the time, it's it's you're playing the series and you're trying to you're trying to beat them, you're trying to score runs every time. But later, when you're recounting the story to your grandchildren and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> then it, it was then doing it, everything. Oh, oh my god! Um, you know, greatest innings that you've ever seen. And then Ben Stokes turned up and yeah. completely blew me out of the water yeah. at, at Head Mark the other day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's cool because if you think about it, 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 every time somebody mentions Ben Stokes, it gives it gives people another reason to mention yeah. my innings as They'll well. Put the little in highlight the same up on the TV, and it'll be there, wouldn't it? There you go. So it's it's all good. There's there's no right. But 
sort of moving away from myself, that that was the most incredible knock I've ever seen. And I sat in, in, a, in a dark gallery um, at Sky Sports watching Cusel Pereira chase down uh, a target with a 10th you know, yeah. wicket partnership yeah. with 150 against South Africa with Dale Steyn and, and Rabada and co, like only two or three months before. So the, that was, I mean, it was, that was incredible. I sort of sat there when it walked out of the studio in, in the middle of the night thinking that was just an incredible yeah. thing. You're never going to see anything like that again. Oh, <laughs> hold my beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. phenomenal. <clears throat> you know, just going back, I was in the Windies, the game was going on, India-West Indies, and one of the coolest things I've seen... The camera kept going on the change room, all the Indian lads, while the game was going on, gathered around the telly, and you could tell how England were doing. Every time, yeah! They were actually loving it when England was hitting fours and so, stuff. Well, they were supporting England. Yeah, yeah. everyone. It's a Australia. Everyone supports anyone who plays Australia. Wow, OK. I, I just wanted to go back to that innings quick, because something mm. that we focused on on this show a little bit, especially when we spoke to batsmen, and even I asked Swanee the same question as mm. a bowler. Thanks, mate. Um, even? We're well, speaking <laughs> batsmen. Even Swanee. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I've asked you the same question <laughs> as a bowler. Like, why did it all come to together that day how did you feel what was it that you know made it so i don't want to use the word easy but you know when you get 173 you've got your eye in it was easy by the end yeah for yeah. sure um I, I, basically throughout the the course of that series i shouldn't have played in that series really i was out i'd been out of the england team for for a while um in fact the last time i played was the the, the, the only africa. time we toured together yeah, yeah the 20s first tour in south africa and I'd been out of the, out of the game, was, gone. was thinking about quitting the sport altogether. I was just yeah. having a shocker and, and hating it. Um, but a load of, load of guys got injured. Um, so I'm thinking Ramprakash, Thorpe, Vaughan, except loads of blokes just didn't fancy playing against Australia that time. <laughs> yeah. And I happened to have got a, 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 an 80 or 90 in a semi-final on TV the week before the squad went out. Which is often the best way to get picked, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, <laughs> it's so, how I yeah. got on that tour you talked about. So you go, so you got all of these parallels with people, oh, you know, they, they're picking one-day players for test match cricket and all that kind of stuff. Well, I got picked in the Ashes series on the strength of a, of a rare one-day game that I played and I'd scored runs and I got picked to play. So it's, all, it's been going on for years, all this stuff. I'd sort of had a little bit of a, a massive tinker, actually. I was going to say a little bit of a massive play around with the way that I played. It was like kind of just reconstructing everything. I, I spoke to my old man in the December of that year and said, I need you to save my career. Just teach me how to bat. Pretend I've never never played the game before. And literally teach me how to hold, hold the bat properly, stance, everything. Go right back to the beginning. And so for three months, we basically just rebuilt. My, and I'd played 25 test matches at this point. Wow. You know, so it'd been a... Um, and, and then by the time that that squad went out in June, uh, it had started to work. I'd started to score a few runs, and that semi-final happened. What, why did you? Why did you do that? Just out of curiosity. Well, because, but because, because I'd always I'd always dreamt that I wanted to be the best player in the world, right? As we all do when we're yeah. kids. That was that that was the driving force. And sort of all the way through, you know, school cricket and stuff doesn't count because. I was better than everybody else. It kind of, none of it made any difference. Then you hit professional game and you realise, oh, hang on, I've got to get better yeah. again. Um, and then I played cricket for England and I found it, most of the time, extremely difficult and couldn't, couldn't play the way I wanted to play. Now, I have no interest, I don't know about you, I had no interest in numbers, I had no interest in averages and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to be able to play beautifully. I wanted to be able to play like David Gow. Which is why I always love Butch. Right? <laughs> and, so, uh, and so it was basically, I couldn't do that with the way that I was, the way that I'd been playing beforehand. I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't able to, ne neither was I able to score runs, nor was I able to hit the ball where I wanted to hit it, you know. So you're kind of yeah. getting to the point where I don't want to do this anymore. It's horrible. 
Um, and so that's why I did it. It's, it's really interesting mm. just to hear that side of things, yeah. just, just because, you know, I'm not used to hearing players say that, and I wouldn't think that players do it. No. But do you think, should but, more players I mean, do that's it? That's I, I, you aren't happy so. within your own skin, basically. Yeah. You're not happy with the player you are. Yeah. Do, you, do, do you think more players should I th- do I, stuff like I that? really do think so. I mean, it's one of the common things that you hear um, around sort of the professional game, maybe not so much the professional game nowadays, but certainly in the era that I grew up in, um, was that people would talk about, oh, well, that's the way I've always done it, or this is how I do this, or this is how I do that. And I remember it was, there was an epiphany, and it came from golf. It was Tiger Woods had been destroying the field for, for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden you hear he's gone to a new coach, he wants to change his swing, he wants to be able to get better in order to win yeah. such and such a tournament in such and such a place. And I thought, well, if, if somebody as good as him thinks that he can reconstruct or, or redo what he does in order to get better, then why the hell shouldn't, you know, mugs like me, yeah. you know? Um, and it makes, to me, it makes perfect sense that you would you'd constantly sort of evaluate what you're doing um, in order to try, and, to try and get a little bit more and a little bit more. Let's focus on this series then. What have you made of it, this Ashes series? Um, I've, I've been sort of following and documenting the Indian team in Test Match Cricket for, you know, it's part of my job for the last God knows how many years. And, and this series has been sort of like a, a... has been a car crash in the making, as yes. far as I'm concerned. Why? All of the, all of the things that Thank England have... Crash. All the things that England have done over the last three or four years or, or, or have, not, have not addressed over the last three or four years have come back and, and bitten them finally in a home Test Match series. Swanee says papered over the cracks. They've managed to get away with so much with lower order guys scoring runs, with um, with with sort of standing spin bowlers, with um, the best you know, swing bowler around. in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah with, me- with the best swing bowler in the world. Pace. Messing around with with specialist positions in the in the order, um, having a, having a, a wicketkeeper batsman who's one of the best batters we got, deciding that he's he's doing a better service for the team batting at seven and keeping than he might be batting in the top. All of these things. All of them have conspired into... You run into a good side who are well-motivated, well-prepared um, and who, have somebody that, who has somebody that can go out and score runs for you, yeah. then you're going to get done. Um, and basically that's what happened. Uh, it, this, this, is not a, this is not something that's just occurred, yeah. been cooked up because we won the World Cup and everyone was a bit tired. This has been coming. Well, would you make changes? Bring back stress. Bring Would I? I mean, I think it's, there's a really... There's a, I, I, funnily enough... Rory Burns has played really, really well at the top of the order, right? He's a, he's a professional opening batsman. He is, he's averaged 45, I think, for the series. Look, yeah. He's scored 100, cut 350s. He's looked really, really good. All, those, all his madness is aside. Um, and I was hoping that eventually people would be able to see past his sort of, you know, the slightly weird, um, you know, batting technique and whatever. I mean, Steve Smith, for crying out loud. Yeah. Weird does not, need, does not yeah. mean you can't We're score. We're going to be talking about so that. So that's great. So uh, Joe Denley, who finally, you know, three test matches too late, has, gone, has reprised his role as an opening batsman. Now, people will say he hasn't done it as regularly since 2009. Yes, but he trained as an opening batsman up until that point. You know, he had at least had more of a chance of being successful at it than poor old Jason Roy. So he's made a 50. You stick with that for a while. But you're still keeping an eye out for people like Dom Sibley and um, who's the other fella uh, that's making a few runs as an opening batter in county cricket. There are, there are a couple of them, but Sibley's kind of the, 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 main, the main one. And you go, OK, there's a specialist spot that might come open for these guys. But for now, Joe Denley, 33 years of age, he's doing all right. Keep him up there, let him do it. Put Joe back to four and figure out what you want to do with the number three position. 
I think we should look around the world to see if anyone's got a British passport. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's generally, generally what we do. But, yeah, and then, and then when, it, when it comes down to it, the bowlers, you can't really blame, you can't blame the bowlers at all. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you see how the, much the rest they're having these bowlers. No, no rest whatsoever. I, I was massively up in arms over the, over, um, the way that England used Joffre in that Laws Test match. And people, oh, you know, well, you know, he's a young lad. He's all. I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, there's a good reason why why you don't see sort of you know boxers or sprinters kind of go out and do that stuff. The 800 meter sprint. Do that <laughs> yeah. stuff every single day, but it's because it hurts yeah. you, yeah. and there is a payback from it. And, you know, and people saying, oh, maybe it was a bit cold up at Old Trafford and stuff. But I'm telling you, you kind yeah. of you have to play back to back to back Test matches, yeah. and you spent two days bowling flat out at 95 yeah. miles an hour. Don't be surprised if that doesn't last for very long. Well, that's long. the thing. We, we, if we don't treat Mike, we'll get two or three years of mm. unbelievable cricket at Joffa mm. instead of ten. Yeah. Because the way I, I was speaking to Curtly mm. Ambrose about it. Mm. Curtly Ambrose was brilliant for ten years mm. because he never did that. He yeah. never had to do it. He's never told... Right, it, it, the English way is your fast ball is about 24 overs a day, mm. you spin a ball's 12 on the first day, and then it swaps in the second <laughs> inning. I mean, that's the English way. But no matter how quick you are, they'll do it in county cricket. Yeah. And so the quickest guys at 19, by the time they're 32... <laughs> Immediate pace, right? <laughs> Steve Joffre, short bursts. Steve, Steve Smith. That's where we need to go next, guys. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Just yeah, no one knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> I mean, it's not necessarily about getting him out. It's a, it's a batsman's appreciation for him oh, because yeah. I don't know if you've seen this quote um, from Justin Langer saying, "I thought Virat Kohli was the best batsman I've ever seen because of the way he plays in all forms." But Steve Smith, that's just another level. Yeah, I mean, it's his... a bit of. Uh, Aussie, 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 yeah. yeah. A little bit. I mean, Virat Kohli's not better than Steve Smith. In, well, Numbers say otherwise. In, in white ball cricket, yeah. I think that there, there's, a, there's an argument to be had. Kohli's sort of, you know, Kohli's head and shoulders above everybody else. But in test matches, I, I think the incredible thing about Steve Smith is that um, he's... Nothing he does should work. No. None of it should mm. work. And yet, how often does the ball not hit the middle of his exactly. back? Exactly. The only thing I've seen against him that doesn't work, he can't play swing ball he can't win. Yeah. It swung in Australia one time in Adelaide. Yeah. Jimmy's all over him. The last time in England, it swung. That's why I was so intent on Jimmy playing the whole mm. series. People can't swing bowl swing in this country. We haven't got a lot of swing bowlers like mm. Jimmy. Mm. Genuine both ways. No, I mean, but your, but no but your mate is a yeah. Swing. He is a sort of a once in a lifetime uh, bowler, isn't he? But yeah, I mean, it, it is it is a little bit of a concern. And the thing the thing with swing bowling is you can't always rely on the ball swinging, can you? No. You know, there are certain conditions in which it won't. There are certain there are certain balls that you get out of the box that just yeah. won't. No matter what you do to them, that well, actually no, there are a few things you can do. Um, <laughs> but no matter what happens, you can't make him swing. Uh, so you know it's a it's a really it's a really tricky one. And you just have to take again. You go back to the sort of like the backstory of Steve Smith, all of the stuff that that he's been through, and um, people chasing him to New York to, to have photographs of him having a beer, and you know whilst he was out on his band. You know all of these things are sort of like it might be slightly romantic from the media. Point of view, you want these backstories because it makes it more interesting. Didn't you cannot make it up? <laughs> you, you, yeah. Yeah. But you can't tell me that sort of like his his hunger, which was already pretty yeah. pretty strong anyway, that hasn't been heightened by you know everything that's gone before. Yeah. Um, and he was just absolutely determined to be the difference between the two teams, and he has been by miles. Yeah, he really, really was. Uh, right, thanks for the minute, guys. You are watching and listening to Swanee's Cricket Show on Joe together with Rubicon. In a moment, we'll bring on our next guest, but first. The latest episode of TKO with Carl Frampton features an interview with legendary fighter Andre Ward. Uh, he's got strong opinions about his old rival, Britain's Carl Froch. I honestly don't have, I don't have any bad blood with him. Um, I'm firm with Carl Froch, but I, I don't have no bad blood. Like, 
I think I think there's a part of him that uh the right way to say it. I think it's a part of him that that respects me and that that in some cases likes me too, but he's just bitter. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask a question. Do you think he's just a bit bitter? He's just bitter. He, he's bitter, and he and that that's the only like real knock that I have on him is he, he he's never been able to stand up and be a man and, and say, "Look, man, you beat me." Like he's made excuses that don't even make sense. Mm. And if it's not this, it's that, and it's just hard to respect that. But I, but I love just getting a rile out of him, like every so often. I'll just say one thing. He'll take the bait every time, and and the fans will just like UK fans, not not American fans, Mm-mm. English fans will get on him and say, "Man, you're crazy. Shut up, Carl." And that's just Carl Fry. So I have a good time with it. A lot of it is tongue in cheek. I'm not. I'm not. It may seem serious, but it's not. Mm. Um, but I certainly would have liked to see him, man, and and just just see his reaction. That's Andre Ward speaking about Carl Froch on the latest episode of TKO with Carl Frampton. Uh, Carl and Chris Lloyd are back every Thursday. And don't forget, we also have Liquid Football with Kenny Cates and the boys every Monday and House of Rugby with James Haskell on Tuesdays. Uh, you can watch them on YouTube or download them from your usual podcast provider. This is Swanee's Cricket Show, however. I'm Nick Bright, along with, of course, Graham Swan next to me. Uh, and Mark Butcher is with us as well. Uh, we Since it's the last one of the series, instead of just one guest, We've got two for you. You buy one, you get one free. I said, you buy one, you get one free. Uh, right, let's get yeah, on. It's scariest man ever on TV, by the way. Would you buy windows from that dude? <laughs> you know, I would buy windows. I said, you buy one. Yes, very good. That. I'd buy windows from our second guest, Radio Two presenter Trevor Nelson. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Come on, Trev. This one, Trev. Good to be on your show. Who's good he? to see you, mate. This is Nick. He works on the radio as well. Oh yeah, he works for me. Actually, <laughs> I work for you now. No, with me, right. with me, okay, with me. He's doing very that well. Was, good Friday. If you want to take, that's pretty much how it started. This is like, like the show warm for me. This is Trevor for you, isn't it? He's looking. It's pretty much how it started. You know, making tea for people like Trevor. You know, yeah, he did actually. Here we are. Oh, wow. He, I can tell you. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't know no, that. No, no, that's all right, mate. I can tell you for a fact. One of Trevor's mantras when you make him a cup of tea. He says he likes it the colour of his ankles. That's, that's the only that's the only deeper demand I have in the whole of my this radio. This could be like good. You mentioned Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, no. Good, yeah. Hang on. Well, this could be like the film Goodfellas. Shame his shoes. Hey. Do <laughs> <laughs> not that bad. Show not that bad. Shoes. He's done all right. It's all right. <laughs> God, they, listening to that chat's been a bit intense yeah. for me. Right. Well, let's it's intense. Let's talk about cricket chat. All right. I've got to ask you then. We'll kick off with this. Where does your love of cricket come from? My dad, who actually is over from St. Lucia. I was actually going to bring him to the show, but he might have tried to get on camera. <laughs> um, he was like every typical West Indian in the 70s, you know, growing up. Um, you know, I'm an England supporter as a kid, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, everything. England, England football, England cricket, everything. Then the West Indies come over. He's <laughs> like, son, do you want to come to Lords? Come to Lords? I'm like, Lords? Yeah, yeah. West Indies, England. Got me a ticket. Went up there. Um, Viv Richards, Michael Holden. Brian Close, <laughs> David oh. Steele, I think. If I remember <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Tony Gregg. Tony Gregg said he'd make England grovel. Um, West Indies yeah, grovel. That was yeah, that. They made a song about it. Uh, there was a, there was a Calypso song called uh-huh. "Who's Groveling Now." You know all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And boy, I've never seen my dad and his friends tin cans were out. I've never seen him behave like that. So really? I'm, going, I'm going to cricket because my dad was strict. You know, like do this, do that, do your homework. What's I'm dancing? <laughs> you know, Jeffrey Boycott's batting. No, I can't get. No, just winding, bantering Jeffrey Boycott. I'm looking at who is this man, right? But I realised then that cricket to West Indian fans was like rugby to New Zealand. Yeah, it's the only thing they were good at. 
So I'm sitting there kind of torn between England and West Indies. I'm not telling my dad I'm an England... Obviously, I'm an England fan. But he's got my school teacher with me at the time. I was a primary school teacher who's English. And his friends, and they're just having it. And West Indies were brilliant. Um, but the one thing I remember was... Viv Richards was, you know, watching him in the flesh swagger mm. out to the... Viv Richards and Michael Holding are the two, yeah, yeah. two players that really stuck out for me. Michael Holding walked back to the boundary to run, do his running. Glorious, wasn't it? I'm like, he was whispering death. You couldn't hear him. Ow! Bang! <laughs> you know, that was it. And they're going mad. Yeah. Viv comes out. The swagger was like a gunfighter. Yeah. You know, he just walked out. No helmet, nothing. You know, just uh-huh. a cap on. Marcus Crease. He, he hit the first ball for four if he wanted to. Yeah, he just do anything. He was, he was the best batsman yeah. I've ever seen. And but I think... he, he knew it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he, did. he walked he out did. and he, he, had... he, he said he was the best batsman in the yeah. world without saying a word as he walked on the pitch. Incredible yeah. swagger. Yeah. And 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 the, just to, just to end it, so Viv was. I remember Viv was on seventy summit. Well, I don't know, probably by lunch. Yeah. My dad says, "Do you want to come to the museum?" I'm like, "Not really," <laughs> but he's like, "Come, takes me into the museum." Talks talking about W W Grace and all this stuff and the Worrells and. Fifth scored freaking century while we're in the museum. No way. But you've got a steep history learning. Yeah. The game. I missed <laughs> the century. <laughs> I missed the century. And now, Trev, you could tell us who got 52 not out on a Thursday in June <laughs> at the hedging yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was it. That was it. So, I, I, you know, and I loved, I loved cricket. Yeah. Um, Where's your moment. loyalty lying now, though? Oh, England. I'm in England right, now. Okay. So, but day. you don't, um, you don't even kind of have a soft spot for yeah, the West Indies. I, you must West Indies are definitely my second team. Um, you know. I've got a home in the Caribbean, so watching cricket out there, as you know, is just great fun. Right? You know what I mean? It's just the best fun. Um, and when the West Indies play England, yeah, I can't lose really, can I? Right. The West Indies have never been good, apart from in the white ball game now. They're never going to be good in test cricket, ever. I have a theory on it. Go on. What's your theory? Well, I think these guys know anyway. They don't pay them properly, yeah. number one. There's no real, you know... Um, they're not dedicated... Enough, I don't think. Um, I think the white ball game, the moment 2020 came and said, I bet you any money the Windies are good at this. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's four hours. It's like four overs. <laughs> Do you know what well, I mean? a lot of Const- they're younger players. Yeah, they're younger, well, they're cleaning flamboyant. up in India. Yeah, they're flamboyant. And, they, they and it suits the West, ball, West Indian yeah. way of playing cricket. They are so flamboyant, concentration span is just not there. But their discipline's not there, and it suits their game. And that's why they were world champs once. How does your dad feel about 2020 cricket? He's, my dad is a, is a test match guy. He's right. old school, and they all are. You know, they, they, he's a test match bloke. But he likes five days watching cricket on yeah. telly at home like this. <laughs> it's a different, it was a different that. era. Do you imagine yeah, that now yeah. with kids in your what? house? Do you know the BBC used to show Test Match Cricket when yes. I was a kid? Yeah. All day. Yes, they do. My, we had one it's day. like Wimbledon. Yeah, my mum was like... She wanted to watch Paint yeah. Place or something. My dad's like, no. <laughs> We're just sitting there watching cricket all day. And, and you know, so, but I think, I think the good thing about 2020, I went and saw a one-day game with him when I went to St. Lucia. And it is a day out. It's a more sociable day out. I think yeah. it's more, there are more women, there are more families. You can't knock the white ball game. No. I mean, it's just more inclusive. I really do. But Test Match Cricket is in trouble. Test Sorry, match cricket is special in, in England, but it's not special around the world. It's though. in yeah. trouble. When I've just been in the Caribbean, India, there, West Indies. Yeah. No, India, no. by the way, India at the moment are brilliant. Mm. Mm. They are the world's best team, I'm sure yeah. of it. Yeah. No one in the ground. Yeah, it's Hard sad. It's really sad. It's sad, isn't it? Yeah. It's really sad. And I, and I, but that's the World it, Test it Championship. Does, in two yeah. years' time, it'll be different. <laughs> it does. When I mean, Bangladesh will play New Zealand in the final at Lords. The thing with it is, is a real... There's a real disconnect between what you see on the television mm. 
in terms of people in the grounds. And you know, I, I worked in India for a little while when, when Australia were over there. Everybody is talking about it. It's, it's being followed on a television, huge sport on TV in, in India. It's being followed on, online, all that kind of stuff. But people don't go to the games. They're not, you can't see yeah. them. Yeah. So when you watch, when we're watching the pictures transmitted back from the, from the West Indies tour, that's happening at the moment. It looks like nobody cares. But, yeah. not, when, but the reality of it is, is there are people watching. watching yeah. They are watching. But yeah. you're not mm. part of the game as much. No. Test match cricket. I mean, England, Australia, brilliant. Mm. The fans, yeah. the fans are just yeah. amazing. English fans have been amazing. The lion yeah. thing, for example. <laughs> you know, just taunting lion because of the, the yeah. run out opportunity. I love all that. And I'm sure to play, you've played in, yeah. in that atmosphere. It must mm. be unbelievable. But then playing in an atmosphere like you've just witnessed, yeah. must be just soul-destroying. Well, that's it. For, for an Englishman, you, know. you, you very rarely see it, because yeah. wherever you go in the world, the Barmy Army will go, and yeah. they're incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the only place, weirdly, that I played for hardly any people was India. Mm. When we, the Barmy Army were there, but because of the flight schedules and the yeah. terrorism attack, they couldn't get big numbers. Yeah. And there was barely anyone watching the game. I mean, and the, ground, the grounds are also enormous, but they have, no, they have absolutely zero facilities for people watching the game. Yeah. You know that you don't. That we'd be used to. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. no no place no You tent. can't go get any. You can't get food. There's no there's no bars or anything yeah. like that. And people people it's aren't drinking like anyway. Yeah. No, yeah. but, yeah. but the, the you can't even pay fifteen quid yeah. for a burger. But yeah. the experience yeah. is, is very yeah. very different yeah. for the yeah. for the spectators. Yeah. So they don't go. The, the you know. truth is, for me, when I've been to test matches, even when it, the rain stops play. Mm. Just go around the back, go to yeah, the bar, the food's amazing. Trevor's always in hospitality there. anyway, hospitality. you know what I mean? No, I, I, I do both. I've done yeah. both. And I, and I, Lords and the Oval, just for me, Lords particularly, is just... I, I take my missus. Do you know what I mean? She's not invested. She loves it. Yeah. She loves it, you know, and that's the difference. And I think that one day is just so inclusive. Seven inclusive. hours of champagne, yeah. great. Anyway, yeah. exactly. Trevor, did you ever play? I played when I was ten, right? And, I, and you know, I was brought up in Hackney... So we didn't have any cricket pitches. We used to make bats. I mean, it's, it feels like we're in the West Indies, aren't I? But we, no, but you just two bits of wood. Go that, you know, we used to make bats. Um, I got a little bat and we used to play with tennis balls. Never got coached. But I played from my primary school. We got cricket team when we were 10. <laughs> I took nine wickets for six runs. Come on, against, Trev. Against Seth Mathias, which was Spoonie's school. Right, DJ Spoonie. Yeah, yeah he's from young, he was team. young. He was in that team. And I got a certificate at the end of the year, a sports certificate. You still got it? In the attic, I dig don't it know. out. Say, so man. So go well, he knows. He knows. Yeah. He's very Trev, proud of me. You should have brought it here. Swanee was... bought his mastermind <laughs> training. <trailer, mate. laughs> Where is that, by the way? I don't know. <laughs> I was the only bowler who could bowl on the stumps. That's all he had to do. Get it on. The, even, I think a couple of my wickets bounced twice. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was about. I could, but then when I went to secondary school, this is the disappointing thing. I think I had something for cricket. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And this is exactly what happens to a lot of kids mm. when they've got a little something for the game. My, I think it was the. The history teacher took us for cricket. Yeah. We never had a kit. They didn't yeah. take it seriously, you know. So There's I'm, one old bag with a pink box. That's what I'm saying. Ones, yeah. I got picked for the school once. I'm playing against kids in all whites. We didn't have whites. Yeah. On a dodgy pitch, bouncer hit my head. I went to hook it. Everyone went, shot! Because it came off my head, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I was in pain, right? It hit my head and I was like, hmm, I don't like this. And then I get in the field, didn't know how to catch properly. Through my, no. hit my head again. I thought, I ain't playing cricket anymore. Yeah. That's it. Cricket career over. Is that when music suddenly started playing in your head? Like, yeah. Here we go. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in all fairness, Ronnie, this is the problem. We lost a lot of good people who could have played cricket yeah. because no, it's all about football. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in the inner city, it's all about football. We had yeah. a proper football coach. We had a fo proper football reputation. 
No cricket yeah. reputation at all. No. Never touched rugby, never touched any other sport. It's just football, yeah. football, football. Well, I see in this country, it's um, public it's schools play cricket yeah, and they've got facilities yeah. better than county teams. Yeah. State schools don't. I went yeah. to a very posh middle class yeah. um, state school. They didn't have cricket. You're all. joking. We didn't mm. have cricket. Wow. We used to put. A, there was an artificial pitch between mm. the two rugby pitches. It was a rugby school. Yeah. We used to play That's rugby right. during the midsummer. Wow. So. Well, we didn't get it. What you made of this series, Trevor? Um, as a fan, very disappointed. Could see it coming. I heard the boys talking, and to be honest, the moment Jimmy Anderson was injured, the moment Jimmy Anderson was injured, I thought that's our, our, our chances gone. Trevor because has his, because has stuff. in this country, Jimmy Anderson at home. He knows every ground so well. He knows exactly how to bowl. We're talking about Steve Smith. He's the only one that would have been yeah. disciplined enough to just hit him top of top of off stump, you know. And like you say, a great ball gets any batsman out. Mm-hmm. I don't care who's. Yeah. I hate watching Steve Smith's bat. I hate watching him. You know, as a cricket fan, <laughs> and, and, and as a, I'm sorry, he's a great batsman, but to watch him, yeah, I, I can't stand it, mate. Yeah. I just want him out. Virat Kohli is the best batsman in the world. Straight he said it, straight down the line yeah. as well. Straight barrel. down the barrel. My best drop. batsman in the world. Can't stand him either, but he's the best batsman <laughs> in the world. We once said, when John Embry was our coach at Northampton, he said the best thing about David Ripley, our mm. wicketkeeper, was the crabbiest, ugliest batsman in the world, but he was scoring a lot of runs, yeah. and we were getting a team bollocking once. He goes, why can't you be more like Rips? Fair enough, no one would pay the fucker <laughs> to watch him. No one would pay fucking money to watch him, but he's our best player. <laughs> he's he's he, no, I mean, Smith's just awkward to watch. Good old Embers, hello, Knuckle. Awkward, awkward enough to play against, awkward to watch. Yeah. That's where we're at. But now, he is frustrating like to watch because the bowlers change the plan so much, and you see, Christ's sake, go back to it. Go back to what you always yeah. do. Go back to that team meeting hey, you have four times a week. In the, in the dark at Lords, I remember in the dark at Lords, Steve Smith walked out of the back. In that, I don't think it was probably the first innings. The lights are on. It's going all over the place. We got a leg slip. We got like four men on the leg side. Gully came. I'm like, what the yeah, hell? No. How much more in your favour do you want it? Just try and hit the top of that off. Three slips go top of off. Exactly. Let, what, let the ball do something. Keep, keep it simple, yeah, stupid. Wow. I, tell, I swear to you, if, at nine miles an hour, if you're pitching ball six inches, four inches outside off stump, and mm. it jags back. There is no physical way a batsman can adjust. No. It, and it will get anyone Bumble, in the world out. Bumble did an incredible thing on the on the telly yesterday. He, he basically, you know, the old third man section where yeah. they do a bit of analysis. Bumble sits there, and he he literally got the guys in the in the VT truck to put together all of the dismissals, right? And they were all from balls at six and a half meters. And so he just he just rolled them in for the series: six and a half meters, six and a half meters, six and a half meters, yeah. six. And he did it for about five minutes. <laughs> 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 See, there you go. Yeah, That's what you do. does a great bumble. He's right. heard it. We're not doing yeah. it again. <laughs> <laughs> Still awaiting the BAFTA, actually. <laughs> uh, right, I reckon uh, we should get a minute with Rocket now. So we've got Trevor Nelson here. So let's get Rocket on. Come on. Come on. Come on. So it's time for a minute with Trevor Nelson. Okay. Right, here we go, Trev. Oh, do Good I have luck, to be Scott. <laughs> do I have to be honest? You have to be honest. Yeah, right, right. right, here we go. 60 cool. seconds on yeah. the clock. Go on. Your time starts now. Cricket. Um, sorry. Cricket World Cup. Um, Jason Roy. Best ever cricketer. Um, <coughs> Vivian Richards. <coughs> Get out of it. Worst ever cricketer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Phil Tufnell. <laughs> Graham Swan. Oh, oh, I'm joking. Graham Swan. Great guy. <laughs> Football team. Chelsea. Film. Um, 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 Goodfellas. Music. Uh, Stevie Wonder. Song. As. TV programme. Um, Kirby Enthusiasm. Cartoon. Um, Gotta be Roadrunner. Me, me. Food. Thai. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Takeaway. Thai. Dessert. Thai. No, 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 no. <laughs> Dessert, apple crumble and custard. Oh, nice. Best Trev. feature. Best feature, me. Yep. Voice. Worst feature. 
Um, legs. Party Ooh. trick. Ten um, seconds. I can play. Oh, oh my oh, God! Oh, Five seconds. Come on, Jeff. Lovely stuff. Sorry. Interesting. You need a tune. You need a tune, right? Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Worst feature legs. Yeah, well, I just had to say something, didn't I? <laughs> right, let's dive into Rubicon's Urban Crictionary now, a celebration of the weird and wonderful terminology used in cricket. We give uh, Swanee some cricket in terms, and he comes up with a great story to match these terms. So let's get straight into it. The first one, pint of aftershave. Well, yeah, most of these are uh, due to the fact that Butch is here this week, so it's very sorry-based. <laughs> Butch wasn't one of these, but pint of aftershave. There was, used to be an advert for Brute or something on TV when this suave... Like, really good-looking lad was at the bar, and he's a bit of a dickhead with a pint of aftershave, <laughs> mate, keep the change. So someone who was a bit like that, swagging round, you're looking, let's have his pint of aftershave out. OK, fair. Next one. Doesn't drive an Audi. Very similar. Now, this was, sorry. You know, there used to be an advert for Audi when this guy was uh, on that London goes, money is important. The clothes you wear, the people you're seen with, car you drive. <laughs> and then he, he, but he's in an Audi, and then he goes in the uh, back to the showroom, but goes, what do you think? He throws in the kid, goes, nah, not only my style, you know what I mean? So a massive twat, basically. <laughs> that's so, a, that's so basically exactly the yeah, same. Is, yeah, but this is not a suave, this is just a massive twat. Right, okay. And so when this goes back, let, let's have, this guy doesn't drive an Audi, let's have him out. Right, okay. And that was half the Surrey team, <laughs> but not Butch. The, the Surrey team that followed your great one. Oh, right, right, no, right, not, right. The, not the 11 international Surrey team. <laughs> the starch collar... But post-2003, sorry, too, for a while. Not now, though. Like yeah. him now. I'd like to him, that one. <laughs> Batting like a millionaire. Yeah, I can't remember whether I've said this before. This is Ian Fleming. Matthew Fleming, even. Called him Ian Fleming. That was his granddad. Um, at Kent. He used to... He, he was. His family were bankers. Private bankers. They were... I didn't know this. He came out to bat once. Flashed at one. I went, fucking hell, you're batting like a millionaire, as in careless. And he turned around and went... If I was merely a millionaire, that sort of comment would get to me. Absolute hero, by the way, Flem. <laughs> yeah. if, if you don't know him, meet him. Well, him Great man. Absolute hero. Yeah. Last but not, by no means least, ferret. A ferret is basically a term for someone who is that bad at batting. He comes in after the rabbits. Tough no. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a real thing for toughness, hasn't he? Great bowler. Great bowler. Yeah, I was, I was thinking Peter seen. Such. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, Peter, OK. There you go. All right, Swanee, thank you very much for those. <laughs> that is it for this week oh. and this series of Swanee's oh, Cricket Show here on Joe Together with Rubicon. Thanks to our guests today, Mark Butcher and Trevor Nelson. Oh, Come on. Good. And, of course, thank you to Graham Swan for a brilliant series. We'll see you oh, soon, Swanee. hopefully. Bye-bye. See ya. You've been listening to Swanee's Cricket Show on Joe. Together with Rubicon.